Praise be Jesus Christ. Slava, Jesus Christ. He filled them with the spirit of truth. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, in the reading today, epistle, we saw the motive of why we need to learn the spirit and truth. It is mentioned again to us that we are a fallen species, humanity. That means it's difficult for us, although we have free will, to discern the truth. We had every opportunity before the fall we were not in such a condition as to not know the truth. But when we fell, we lost original justice and losing that divine gift, we were left unable to direct our lives, make decisions, and above all, to please the Father. It was not his intention. And so he sends the Son. And the Son sends the apostles. And the apostles give us their writings, especially the apostolic writings of the New Testament, which is a commentary on the Old Testament, teaching us the intentions of God and what he means for our salvation. But God has revealed himself to us. Therefore, if we're smart, we pay attention to that revelation. Or if we think we're sort of autonomous, all as smart as anybody could be, knowing everything, we follow our own design, and therefore we fall far from the goal. As the Greeks tell us, we fall from the mark made for us, which is sin. Jesus Christ came to save us from sin, but he came before to inform us of the Father, of the Holy Spirit, the giver of life and of knowledge. So we should always be praying for that gift of knowledge. And we sing many times in the day in the monastery, the heavenly king calling upon the spirit. And that first part of the offices is the royal office, where we call upon the Holy Trinity. Because God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one in divine substance revealing him to himself through his beloved son. His beloved son gives us the two gifts, especially through the gift of the Spirit, desire for knowledge and love for God. Now we can love many things, but they're distractions. In the monastic life, why does a person become a monk? desire 
for knowledge and for love of God. Jesus Christ told us the way to love him was to do his will. If you keep my commandments, you will do my will. And then he knows that we love him. It's hard to say because of our brokenness how we can say we really love God. He loved us first through the fault of dying on the cross and paying for our faults to that terrible disaster of killing the Son of God. But it was the will of the Father that we be saved in his death of his body and the shedding of his blood. So now, in the contemporary world, because the modern period is over historically, we thought we were pretty smart in the modern period. In 200 years, we've destroyed Christendom. So recently, the Holy Father, Francis, said, Christendom is dead. I don't know what he meant by that. I don't think it's dead. I think it, it survives in the hearts of the remnant. And those who are in Christendom are in love with God, his beauty, and the truths that he reveals to us. Sometime you learn about pondering. We say in the monastery, we ponder. We don't sort of meditate. Meditations are constructed. It's okay. But we ponder on the mysteries of God, especially in sacred scripture. And this time of renewal of life, the season of Pentecost, as we ponder on the truths of scripture and read our scriptures and pray each day, God reveals things to us. In his revelation, sometimes he gives us these insights. It's like we never read scripture before. And sometimes we cannot even put into words the insight God has given us. But this is the gift they're talking about in the gospel today. I often meet people who quote scripture at me. I think that's sort of a bad thing to do, is quote, quote scripture to a priest, but that's okay. They're trying to justify themselves by telling me how what a wonderful person they are. Only God knows how wonderful you are. And we are prone to love each other, which is a good thing. And if we love each other, we'll overcome our own faults and the faults we see in our brother. We won't mention them. We'll love, we're going to love them with their faults, with their ugliness, with their lack of sharing the insight that we receive from our pondering. But sometimes you have the opportunity to teach by your example, by your love, by your kindness to them. So it's not our job to condemn the sinner or to love them. And maybe in our small way, they can see the love of Christ in us. Certainly, uh, when we go out in public, the monastic community or something, people want to know who we are, what we are, and regardless, 
we are respected because they know monks pray. Now, to know the gospel, first of all, we must be in a state of grace. That's why God gave us confession, chapter 22 of John, whose sins you shall forgive, they forgiven, whose sins you shall retain, they are retained. That was a resurrection gift from Christ. Not an aftersight, it also was the Holy Spirit, a resurrection gift from Christ. Because he became the, can I use the word, the pregnant source of all holiness. All divine energy was in him. And he could give it to us, especially through the sacraments, especially through preparation for the sacraments by confession. Each day, as you plan your time of prayer, and you follow your rule of prayer, take time to, in the evening especially, to examine how the day went. Were you upset? Did you say harsh things? Did you do something wrong? Gradually, in the spiritual life, you become purified. But the devil is always around trying to tempt you. He's everywhere. And you have your thoughts that are not of God. And when you have a thought like that, right away glorify God. Say a little doxology, say the Jesus prayer, do something. Right away glorify God. Knock that thought away from your beautiful soul. And remember the gospel of today. They have come upon the earth to give us grace and love. That was the preaching of the apostles. So many times we are taken up, especially because of the influence of the Western ethos around us about sin, about temptation, and of course those things are death. But we forget to remember that we have divine gifts given to us especially in chrismation. Chrismation makes of you a powerhouse. And we're living in the age of the powerhouse now in Pentecost. It is the time that we're called to read the Gospels, to re-examine ourselves and really realize that the life of Christ is what we're leading. That's the beauty of this holy season of rebirth. When you look into your heart, some of the fathers say, Sophronius says, think about the top of your heart. I don't know why the top. He says, and, and cover in there, realize in there, the spark of divine life. Some of us, it's a spark. Some of our brothers and sisters, they have the flame. But the Holy Spirit's gift is upon you the fire, which is the divine energies within us. Never despair, regardless of your temptation. Always be faithful to prayer on your lips. And you will overcome all temptations, and you'll become deified. The deified person is not to be bragged about. It's a wonder. 
But that divine visitation comes from heeding the word of God, living an ascetical life, and being humble. You're humble because of two things. As you grow older, your body gradually is dying. You're humble because no matter how much you think you love God, you do not love him enough. Only he can give you that gift. But you live in hope because all these things are the possibility which will bring you to the glory of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in the kingdom of heaven.